0: Welcome! Nice to have you here. I'm Walia, hosting this exploration of the future space. We believe that the future is a common good. That's why we ask ourselves, Cool vades?" Or, Where are we going? In this podcast, we're traveling to the year 2050. And we're presenting one vision on human mobility, co-created by people from all over the planet. Hopefully, it can spark your imagination. So, get yourself comfortable. Take a seat, lean back, close your eyes, and open your mind to whatever may come to you in the next 10 minutes. Today, we're going to Mexico, and you're about to get to know Maria.
1: I can observe many people. It's a grandiose building with plenty of space, but it's almost filled up. People are from Mexico and also different parts of the world. It's an important day, a real celebration of Maria's life work, and I can see her daughter Denise nervously prepping her speech, hiding behind the imposing columns of this huge building. Almost one out of four people in the room are robots, or cobots, which is the accurate name. Maria's life's work. They spin around the location discreetly, not to disturb the crowd. Oh, now it's my turn to ask people to sit down. I'll be right back. Señoras y señores, por favor, tenéis su ciento. Ladies and gentlemen, please take a seat. I can see the people, who didn't yet have a seat, move towards the seating area, and the room calms down. It's my great honor to introduce Maria's daughter Denise on stage. She will share a few words about her mother. I see Denise walking towards the center of the stage, and she nods towards me. It seems like she's ready for her speech. The crowd is attentive, and the hall turned fully silent of anticipation. Dear family,
2: friends, and colleagues from all over the world, thank you so much for joining us today. I would like to start by telling you, bienvenidos, welcome home, not only to my home, but also my mother, Maria. Here is where both our journeys started many years ago, and here is where we find ourselves today this is also the home that my mother had to abandon for the bigger city because back then almost 30 years ago now we didn't have the same opportunities as we have today my mom being the true visionary she is always looked out for a better life for us and it was her decision to look for it in the ciudad de mexico of course back then It was impossible for her to bring me with her, since she was working 10-hour shifts at the hospital. So I stayed here with my abuela.
1: This was all before I was born, in the 2020s. At this time, it was hard for Maria to come back to visit her in the village, even though Denise is very important to her. But it was a seven-hour drive to get there, and Maria told me she didn't have the time or the money to visit more than every other month. My mom's first priorities were always to work
2: hard and to make a better life for herself, her family and her community. I have this distinct memory of the first time I could observe this firsthand and see her fully in her element. It was many years later, after I had joined her in the Ciudad de Mexico. One evening when she thought I was already in bed sleeping, I went up and glanced into her room. It was very dark outside. the light of her desk poured in over the big sketches that she was drawing and reiterating on the board in front of her. What I didn't know then was that this would be one of the early drafts of a robot who could take over the back-breaking care work carried out by so many people working at our hospitals. I remember just standing there. She didn't even notice me because her eyes were fixed on her sketches. I somehow knew she was up to great things. And I also knew that one day I also wanted to create something significant. From the start, my mother wanted to fix things and contribute to things she had learned. And
1: none of that would have happened if it wasn't for the social revolution. Well, it wasn't really a revolution, but a democratic shift in power in Mexico in the 2030s. And it was a crucial step forward that allowed me to be born. Back then, Alejandra Garcia from Mexico City and Yastil Indriz from an indigenous community were selected first female co-presidents. The progressive young leaders gave way to massive social and economic reforms. They introduced digital education programs and encouraged job creation in the technology sector they strengthen checks and balances by giving more power to labor unions, social movements, and civilians. But what really was crucial in getting me here, and also a big change in Maria's life, was the introduction of universal basic employment. The universal basic employment allowed my mom
2: to study. She trained in natural sciences, and with the help of virtual reality teaching technology, she eventually learned how to operate, maintain, and update all kinds of robots. And late at night, she would draw plans to design a new, extraordinary robot. This is how I was born. What started out as a sketch and a vision on her computer screen later became the cobot, a new caring robot that would change the way we do healthcare forever. First, it replaced the backbreaking work that carers were doing in nursing homes and respite centers, and then. Cobots advanced, and they were able to identify and remove damaged organs, blood vessels, and tissue during surgery and replace them with 3D prints. This not only removed the need for backbreaking care work, but also addressed the worldwide labor shortage of doctors. And by uploading every patient's medical data to the global exchange, their data is analyzed instantly. It has allowed hospitals to go paperless, and its precision And affordability allows everyone to receive equal health care. One day,
1: it will hopefully replace doctors completely. Thank you. As she was nursing me, Maria was also promoted to lead the main hospital of Mexico City. And that's when Denise started working with her. It was Denise's idea to crowdfund for a total restructure to build a new hospital, Mexico City Democratic Hospital, a new medical institute without any outdated hierarchies, it was also a perfect place to pilot us cobots. So that's where I grew up. The technology freed
2: up so much time for my mom that she could run her hospital and monitor her patients from a distance. This allowed her to come back here and work and spend time alone at her country house. Of course you might wonder why she didn't call any of you after the accident, since we were all so close. Maybe we could have done something. But my mom put
1: all her faith in her cobots, even though they failed to save her own life. No, I failed to save her life. I was there at the scene. It was me and another cobot. She fell down the stairs, and we couldn't help her up. We wanted to call the ambulance, but Maria insisted that we look inside of ourselves for data to carry out the procedure without external help. She wanted us to trust ourselves, but we didn't find the data in time, so we could only send in an update on her time of death. I
2: was devastated when I got the message of my mom's death. She had just received the prestigious prize and had so many things in store. She was way too young. Ever since, I've been going through the accident over and over in my head, analyzing the data of what really happened the day my mom died, trying to understand where the Cobots failed us, and I think I have come to the following conclusion. Care is not only about data and efficiency, but also about human connection. Human touch and intuition is as important for optimal care. And for me, her greatest legacy will always be the precious moments we've spent together, the moments of true human connection. I also know that my mom would have wanted me to carry on our important work. And to elaborate the care work of tomorrow, we need to keep remembering that care is not only data and efficiency, but also about that human connection. And that's why I'm excited to present you with the new update to Cobots. An update I've been working on for a while the human Cobot. A Cobot that truly feels. And we are showcasing the first versions here tonight at my mother's wake. I know she would have been so excited about this. And in this way, I believe she can still live on. We'll launch the update right now, so all the cobots in the room will
1: now have feelings. Stand by. I am processing update 36.1.265435. Feel free to talk
2: to the cobots and process your grief and make sure to submit the survey of your experience on your way out. Thank you.
0: You have just heard the story of Maria. So, if we bring it back to you for a second, how did you feel hearing this? What thoughts came to your mind? Can you relate to the story, or if not, why? Take a pen, a paper, and five minutes to write down any thoughts and feelings you had listening to this co-created vision once you find your pen and paper just pause this podcast we will be right here waiting for you when you come back The vision you heard is one possible future for our fictive persona, Maria, developed by over 100 participants from across the world, in a process led by the Open Think Tank Network grassroots think tanks Agora, Voraus, Polis 180, Ponto, and in collaboration with the Youth Empowerment Organization based out of Kenya, The Youth Cafe. And we are curious to hear what you noted earlier, to share your thoughts and feelings, follow the link in the description of the podcast to our innovation platform, Policy Kitchen. Over there, we co-create the future together. If you would like to learn more about the participatory strategic foresight process on human mobility leading to the vision, the underlying methodology and the resulting policy recommendations, download our publication via the link in the description. You can hear more visions for the future in the other episodes of this podcast. Join along! and help us co-create more diverse futures for human mobility. Kuvades is brought to you by Policy Kitchen and is produced by Katharina Hagstedt and her podcast production company, Tinker Media. Music in this episode came from Blue Dot Sessions.